I guess to kind of ham it up in case kids have watched it, one could put on a mustache. One could. My <laughs> students last year were obsessed. I had to buy all the mustache stickers. Yeah. In today's episode, Kelly and Ingrid share some of their favorite pattern books and easy chapter books and talk about some of the board games they like to use in the language classroom. Enjoy. Welcome to We Teach French with your hosts, Kelly Burt and Ingrid Veilleux. We are two podcasters on a learning adventure in French immersion. In each episode, we dive into a different topic in French immersion. Thank you for joining us. Bonjour, Kelly. Bonjour, Ingrid. Comment ça va? Ça va très bien. Aujourd'hui, on va parler de quelques sources d'inspiration. Mais oui, nos ressources préférées. Why don't you kick us off with, okay. with a goodie? One picture book that I use early in the year, and it's called Vif comme un grillon. And in English, it's quick as a cricket. And it's a pattern book. So pattern books I like because, of course, we can read, follow the pattern, and then make our own pattern book based on that. And this one is a nice one for the beginning of the year because it will say, like, Kelly est féroce comme un tigre. It's actually a character who talks about je in the first person and describes himself. And every page gives an adjective and an animal. In the beginning of the year, um, I then give the students a class list and they make book pages for their classmates. It requires them to get to know their classmates and to think of at least one positive quality about that person. And then it's kind of a gift to the classmate at the end of a week or so. They give out these pages and I might say, uh, Kelly est gentil comme un agneau. And then I would draw the agneau, the lamb, then, and I would have my, my sentence underneath. And it's an interesting one, too, because it does have the grammatical concept of masculine and feminine for mm -hmm. the adjectives. So when I write Kelly est gentil, I'm going to make sure I have I-L-L-E. So a little bit of a grammar focus, but also a beautiful bound book. We always bind them, and then it's like just like a beautiful souvenir of the That's year. That's so nice. It could be done at the beginning of the year, end of the year, any time, really. Mm-hmm. Nice for Showing kindness to others, right? Mm -hmm. Like you said, focusing on a positive quality for each of their classmates. Talking about picture books, one of my favorites that I love near the beginning of the year is Abois Georges. Oh, tell me about that. It's the story of a little dog. Oh, I can see the book cover there. Yes. That's the little so dog, Georges, mais sa maman est tellement triste because George fait coin coin. <laughs> George <laughs> fait meow, right? So it's all the different noises and sounds that animals make. I love that. And it's a repetitive story, right? So each time, mama, aboie Georges. Georges fait, right? Oh. <laughs> so it goes on like this. Very cute. So, and it ends up that George has to go to the veterinary's office, veterinarian's office. Ugh. And then here again, we get the repeated pattern where the 
veterinarian has to plunge his hand deep inside George to find the problem, and he pulls out a duck, and he pulls out a cat, right? <laughs> oh, I It's a really that. cute little story, and um, at the end, the kids always make me laugh because depending on your group of kids, like the group I'm presently working with is not so great on suspension of disbelief. I see. So they're like truly trying to understand, but how did he eat those animals? How can he fit a cow inside? <laughs> it's quite hilarious, but it's a cute little story. And then um, we can extend it and we learn about all the different sounds that animals make in French. And that like we would say, cock-a-doodle-doo, but in French we say cocorico and those sorts of things, right? Mm -hmm. So... Uh, plurilingual uh, extension to that would be right. to find out what in our home languages do these different animals say. So for example, in Finnish, which is my home language, a uh, little pig will say nuff nuff. <laughs> is that like the snuffling sound? Maybe? I guess I so. Yeah. yeah, but I find it very cute, like the different uh, sounds. And then thinking about like uh, cock-a-doodle-doo versus cocorico, mm -hmm. um, and I wonder what that equivalent would be in other languages. Yeah. It is a book written with a limited amount of vocabulary. I'm going to guess that the whole book is written with about 70 distinct words, but what I like about it is that it's a choose-your-own-adventure book. And again, as a pattern book, um, students read it. Uh, Bart is deciding on what kind of animal he wants to get, what kind of pet. Of course, there's pros and cons and different endings to it. After they read this, they write their own pattern book. I do have a kind of a worksheet, a scaffold that shows um, how many pages and where you write it. And so it's quite easy to then fill that in. But that element of creativity and imagination is very rich. Last year when I was working with beginners in French, I found it was a bit challenging for them to do the choose your own adventure book on their own. In previous years, I had them do it with a partner and that seemed to be better. Mm. It might've been a better scaffold. So in the future, if I'm doing this for the first time with a class, I might actually have them work with a partner. That's smart. Yeah, mm -hmm. I like that. Another picture book I love and go back to time and time again is Le Papa qui avait dix enfants. Oh. And as the title suggests, it's the story of a father with ten little children. I, I feel like that's such a good title for making predictions. Like, it is. Est-ce que papa est fatigué? There's a little, in fact, one of the pictures in the book is him and he looks like complètement épuisé and his yeah. little tongue is sticking out. <laughs> but the kids, the thing I love about this book, of course, is it it's presenting a family. Mm -hmm. And so it fits well when I'm presenting family as the concept, the theme that we're working on vocabulary that week. But it's a very unique family. So, the you know, in a nutshell, the story is the father has these 10 children. And every day he's very busy preparing 10 breakfasts, getting 10 kids off to school, making dinner for 10, giving 10 kisses, 10 baths, <laughs> and off to bed you go. But in secret, Papa is building a boat. 
And so this, the students will be start to shout out their predictions, like, where's he going? What's he doing? So he's building this boat and off he goes. He plans on a 10 month adventure and he's leaving all the 10 kids with grandma. And Ooh. then of course, all the kids are horrified. Like, how can he do this to her? Again, my class this year is not so much suspension of disbelief kind of group of people. So they're just like, how come he could do that? Where's the mother? Why is he doing this to his own mother? <laughs> they go on. They're quite outraged. What happens is Papa, after a few, after he's relaxed a little bit, he really misses his family. So he comes back and gets them, puts them all on the boat, and then they all go off on the adventure together in the oh, end. I heard about this strategy that I haven't actually tried out. I want to say it's in a book called Visible Learning, mm -hmm. where you talk about the story, the main story, the side story, and the the hidden story. Right. And that would be an interesting way. Because yeah, yeah. there's the main story, Papa, mm -hmm. faire manger pour les petits, the hidden story. Oh, no, the side story, sorry, of the boat. Yeah. But what is the hidden story? Yeah, où est maman? Yeah. And how can you do this to grandma? It's a cute little illustrated book. I love the little illustrations. They're quite simple. But in a few, like when it's bath time or bedtime and he's trying to get them, there's a few little naked kids running around. And of course, <laughs> inevitably, somebody will point and shout, they're naked. <laughs> so funny. Oh, oui, ils sont nus. <laughs> Quelle horreur. Another one I know we both like, it is a short chapter book. Actually, it's a series mm -hmm. called Super Lapin. And I love Super Lapin because it has real characters, real story. Mm -hmm. Um... Bart Verinchat is written for language learners, but Super Lapin is just written to entertain kids, to tell a story, has les bons et les vilains. So I feel like there's a lot of plot to discuss. Um, they go off into space and have adventures and it has recurring characters and the visuals are just really fun because Super Lapin is actually within a video game. Mm -hmm and always leveling up. Yes. And the students really pick up on that right away, that that opening scene where the kids are playing the video game and then it plunges into the world of Super Lapin. They love drawing the characters from this story. So whenever we're doing something, some kind of a reader response or some extension from the story, I almost always include drawing. And I can't tell you how much they just love to draw the little characters and because they're sort of pixelated, like as if they would be in a video game. And I like also, this one I've tried in the last couple of years when I've taught it, is when around the time I'm doing space <laughs> in science. Oh, nice tie-in. Yeah. Yeah, because it has a lot of that same vocabulary. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, la fusée, and these sorts of things anyways. Décoller. Yep. What's our next category? Kick us off, Ingrid. What's your board game? <laughs> I just unboxed it yes. and it's called La Guerre des Clans yes. which I think is family feud. I like it because it has these questions inside. Mm -hmm. So the way it works is a um, hundred people have answered these survey questions and have said the first idea that pops into their head. You're also going to answer the question and you get points based on how many of those hundred respondents gave that same answer. Yes. So I'm going to do a sample with you. Yes. Usually it's played with two teams, two yep. kind of quote-unquote families. It can be friends, whatever, just two teams. Yes. And they're competing and they're going to steal turns and points. So here's one. Okay. 
Nomme un pays d'Afrique. Afrique du Sud. Ding, 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 ding. Quatre points. Oh. So you're on the board okay. with four, and then I'm going to have to review the rules. I think then you decide, are you going to keep playing right. as a team, or do you pass? Okay. Oh, can I have another question? This is fun. Yeah. Okay. Si l'on exclut Superman, nommé un super-héros. Spider-Man. 33 points. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so there's all kinds of questions. I'm going to suggest that this needs to be a teacher-directed game. Yeah. Because uh, some of the questions are a bit sexy. Right. Say. It is fun. I love Family Feud. And all I'm thinking about is Steve Harvey and Jerry D. Oh, because Jerry D oh, okay. hosts the Canadian version. Oh, I didn't know that. You know, Mr. D. Oh, Mr. D of the TV show. Of the okay. TV show oh. where he plays the terrible teacher. Yes. But he's also Jerry D, the comedian who hosts it. And of course, Steve Harvey with his mustache as the American. Yes, host. yes. That's totally family feud. That's fun. Oh, I yeah. guess to kind of ham it up in case kids have watched it. One could put on a mustache. One could. My <laughs> students last year were obsessed. I had to buy all the mustache stickers. Yeah. Do I actually truly play Bananagrams as per the rules of the game? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I just invent the rules as I go. If you're not familiar with the game, it's kind of like Scrabble. But the texture of the tiles is nicer. Yeah, it's uh, plastic. But it smooth. feels a bit ceramic-y, but plastic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so within the zippered banana <laughs> is uh, um, all the letter tiles and if you're actually playing bananagrams there are specific rules about how many tiles you have and each individual person is kind of building their own scrabble array in front of them building words one off the other and exchanging letters and that sort of thing and I have played that way um, but also sometimes it's just free form like we pile the, the, the tiles in the middle of the table at each group and then the group works together and I'll give them a theme like I used it a lot for space last year. And so within the theme, you've got all the tiles in front of you, which group can build the most interconnected words that are spelled correctly. Oh, and they would be like, I like that team challenge even better mm -hmm. because I feel like with bananagrams, even when I'm playing, yeah, I feel a little bit stressed mm. in English playing banana grass just because of the speed component. Right. And so in a second language, if I didn't have a ton of vocabulary, I might be a bit frustrated. Yes. But I like the team challenge because then yeah. we're going to learn from each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll come around with my iPod and I take pictures of their products, like what they've built, how many words they've built in that sort of Scrabble style array where the words are connected horizontally and vertically. They, they exceed my expectations, let's say that, right? So when I say, here's the challenge, they seem to really get into it. And then even sometimes when I've had early finishers, so let's say I've had two, three, four early finishers, I'll give them a bananagram bag, say, go into the table that's right outside our classrooms in the hallway and build me a bananagram on block. And mm. I just peek out the window and I can see their heads are down, they're super on task, they're like, want to use every single pile and build all the words. So I love it. It's fun. And then, you know, something as simple as if we're just practicing uh, our vocabulary set and I can tell them like dicté style, voici le mot, um, ski nautique, 
and we're talking about sports, which we were recently, and then they have to spell it with the tiles. The thing that's nice about it, right, same with like using whiteboards, is this low commitment. So we can shift things around. My partner notices I've forgotten the E at the end, they can pop it on at the end. Mm-hmm. But grams. Another game that I really like that's fairly quick, very similar, is Boggle. And so I'll do it as an entire class. I'll just do it as a warm-up. And I know you can get the Boggle box where you shake the letters, but I will. I actually have just printed letters, and I'll put them up on the board in a 4 by 4 array, and then we follow the Boggle rules that the letters have to be connected horizontally, vertically, or diagonally without repeating, and then we look for words there, and then we list them by one-letter words, two-letter words. Actually, Boggle doesn't include one letter three-letter words, etc., and we try to see who can come up with the longest word or the most words. One board game that we actually have, I think, eight sets of is Catan. So the Settlers of Catan. Every year when we are working with um, our expo projects, we talk about countries and resources, I like to introduce this. I actually have a dictate prepared to introduce all of the vocabulary. And then we talk about turn taking and everything. And I like this game just as a game, fun game to play. Um, It does take quite a while to play, but it's a fun challenge, a social activity. And then we learn a lot of language, not just the specific resources, but all of the turn taking and everything. Right. And that's so important when you're playing the board games with the kids in a second language setting is to teach them the vocabulary around having this experience. C'est mon tour. C'est ton tour. Lance le dé. Those kinds of things. And I've noticed even playing math games that I do quite frequently will have a math game going and. I'm noticing my students early in the fall now where I can hear them saying, c'est mon tour, c'est ton tour. The other day we were playing a game and the students, one of the students asked me, Madame, come on, dit-on, hurry up. <laughs> so I, I love that. <laughs> I know, I wrote it on the whiteboard yeah. and I could hear them saying, dépêche-toi. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. Like, hurry up, it's my turn. It was so yeah. cute. Yeah. Yeah, so having those sentence stems, just some yeah. posted somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, and I like that if you're teaching math games, where you're rolling dice. The Catan is going to include rolling dice, so they're picking that up. But we are going to add a little bit more mm-hmm. game-specific yeah. vocabulary. Yeah. I knew, I need to learn Catan. And to be honest, like, is it a hard game to learn, like all the rules? We should have like a games afternoon or a games night or something. Yeah. And, so um, I can learn it. Mm-hmm. My favorite part is because there's a part where you can trade cards. And you don't have to trade cards with people. So you can, like, gang up on someone. And uh, if you're not winning, you can purposely just focus on making someone lose. Right. Or, uh, you know, and then you move the robber, the voleur. okay. And then you can pick on someone. Mm. But, of course, that's not nice. That doesn't sound like it falls under the kindness umbrella, Madame (laughs) (laughs) Villiers. But it um, falls under the fun umbrella. Yes. But I'm thinking of, the, to be honest, right, I know we have all that Catan, and I know you and other colleagues have been playing it, and in my heart of hearts, I've kind of just been like, well, it seems complicated. Like, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, of a Dungeons & Dragons, where it's like, oh, oh it's taking forever to learn how to play oh, it, no, and no, I no. haven't invested the energy. No, it. you can, 
the first time you play, you should set up according to the setup instructions. Mm -hmm. And then it'll take you maybe 30 minutes to learn all of the rules. Okay. And then after that, you can focus more on strategy. But it's really fun because when you roll the dice, you start collecting resource cards. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you have a whole like mitt full of, you know, you've got 10 resource cards, which is fantastic. But if the seven is rolled, then and you have more than seven cards, then you lose half of your cards. So you have to like spend your cards quickly. Right. Yeah. Okay, well, that'll be our uh, next professional development session. I love that. We'll have to play Catan. It's pro-D. Je suis totalement d'accord. Yep. And that takes us to the end of this episode. A special shout-out to Monsieur Ardenaz, who originally shared the Vif Commune Lyon book, an activity with me, and a huge shout-out to our listeners. We'd love to hear from you. Where do you teach? What do you teach? Or do you have a different role in the educational landscape? Drop us a line on Instagram at We Teach French. À la prochaine!